the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today uh, here on your radio station, AM 630 KSLR. I am Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here for this wonderful radio station, and we're so glad that you are tuning in today. We've got such a treat for you today as uh, as we feature our church for this week. A good friend of ours, a good friend of the radio station, uh, Pastor Wayne Clark. He's uh, pastoring over at First Assembly of God Church here on West Avenue. Pastor, it's such an honor to have you here in our studios once again. Well, thank you, Mark. It's great to be here and especially to be with you. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you. You know, it's uh, what we want to do here, Pastor, is just give our listeners an opportunity to find out a little bit more about you, find out about the church, what God is doing there at uh, First Assembly of God. And so why don't we start out with you? Give us a little bit of background about yourself so people can get to know who the person is that they're uh, listening to. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Uh, well, I grew up in the ministry. My father was an evangelist when I was born, and when I turned five, he went into the pastoral ministry. So I grew up in this. Yeah. I actually ran from the ministry. I didn't want to be in the ministry. I love God <laughs> with all my heart, yeah. but I didn't want to be in the ministry, you mm. know, because I, I grew up in it. And I, I remembered as a young person, I remembered not having much and the sacrifice that my parents made. Mm. You know, when I played with toys, it was somebody else's. And, yeah. uh, it, it was a difficult, difficult time in one way. But then the older I got, the more I remembered how happy we were, yeah. you know. And uh, I had incredible parents, Mark. I had I, – I, I wish I could figure out how my parents did what they did with their three kids. Mm. Uh, they loved each other, loved God, lived what they preached, lived what they taught. Uh, they were incredible examples, taught us the word in the home, kept us in church. And uh, my, my brother and sister both married once, you know, and they, yeah. their kids are all serving God. Praise God. Uh, it's just an exciting uh, – I had an exciting upbringing. My dad was always there, mm-hmm. you know, when I played Little League baseball or got into col- college and then also in high school. He was always there. Yeah. Uh, he came to my games. He made time for that. We we went on vacations together. We went camping together. I mean, wow. he, he was a great parents, incredible parents. And I, I uh, the older I get, the more enamored I am with uh, with my mom and dad and how they raised. I was the oldest of the three, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was an incredible thing for me, and so fortunate. Yeah, you know, before we we talk about the church and what's going on there, I, I want to focus in on that a little bit because you mentioned how your father was there, and this is a man of God. This is a man that's uh, given to ministry, given himself to um, to the work of the Lord, but. Um, I'm sure there are many people that are listening today, many men, maybe even some of the women that have given themselves to ministry, they've given themselves to their job, they've given themselves to their business. Talk a little bit about the importance of having a well-balanced day, well-balanced life, so that you can give that quality and quantity time to your family. Well, the first thing is, there is not a job, there is not a ministry position, uh, there is nothing in this life that's more important than your family and your kids. Yes. In fact, uh, the Word of God teaches for ministers, those in ministry, that their family is their ticket and their key to ministry. Mm. 
that your wife, your children, all, there are requirements there that you, you need to manage your home in a godly way, in a right way, yes. in order to be qualified for ministry. Yeah. And so our investment in our home is so critical. And, and, and we know all the statistics about missing dads and kids that grow up without yeah. fathers and, uh, and all of those things that seem to be so devastating to us nationally even, mm-hmm. you know, as a culture. Yeah. But um, for us, there is nothing more important than that. There is nothing more important than your marriage and then your children. And if if you – I've seen so many people, Mark, that have tried to win the world and then they lose their family. Mm-hmm. That's that's sad. That That is one of the worst things that could happen what, to someone. What, what's some, some advice? I mean you've been doing this already for a while. And so what is some practical advice that someone can take because they're saying, well, I, I understand you, Pastor, and I agree with you. However, you don't understand my schedule. It's a very strict schedule. I've got a lot of things to do, both at church, at work, at my business, and I'm trying to balance everything, but it's just so demanding. Uh, you know, Mark, I feel for the people today because most homes you have dual incomes. Yes. You've got all these schedules. You've got soccer and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. If you've got two, three, four kids, it becomes an amazing, difficult thing to juggle. Yeah, But it's still a matter of priority. Most of the time when people tell me they don't have time to do the things that they need to do, Mm. if they'll sit down with me and we'll go over the list of things, we'll move some things in that list and make some things so that what falls off is not your family. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something else that may be important, but it's not as important as your family. So it's a matter of making sure that your priorities are right. And if something has to go, it's not the quality and the quantity time we need to be spending with our family and with our spouses, too. That is so critical. So doing something like a weekly date night or even if it's a monthly date night with your spouse is something that's very important. Whatever. We have uh, we have in our home a, a Friday night is our family night. And so we just – we put away counseling. We put away business. We put away everything and say this is our night where we're just going to spend time with our, with our children and our family and just go out and have a good time. And a lot of times we just let them pick. What do you guys want to do? Or we'll take turns. You know, That's and, great. Yeah. That is absolutely – you know – Last year and every year we do in in May, we do a family week. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've done is we've told people this week, you turn off your electronics. Yeah. No television. That's good. No cell phone. Yeah. No iPad. No computer. No nothing. (laughs) And we write devotions for them when they get home. We even suggest meals for them to fix. Mm -hmm. And uh, one year we gave them one chicken for the meat for the and and we saved money and gave it to missions. And but uh, then they have to play games. It, It can't be electronics. You know we. We played Mother May I. Remember the game Sorry? Did you ever play Sorry? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, hide and seek in the yeah, backyard. Yeah. And families told me after they did that the first time, Pastor Clark, we have rediscovered wow. each other. This is so much fun. And this is just great. We're going to continue this. We're going to moderate the amount of time. You know, parents today use the television and the computer to babysit their yes, kids. Yes, yes. This time they should be spending with them. And mm-hmm. so anyway, that that's that's coming up in May for us and we're we're writing things right now and looking forward for that that week again where people are gonna right. they're gonna have to turn those things off, you All know. Right. Well, and 
I thought this was this was an important topic, so we kind of went off on a tangent. It is. It's okay. It's a great tangent. Yeah, I want to I want to reel us back to to the topic here. We originally were talking about your life and your upbringing. So were you born and raised here? No, I'm a native Californian. They call us a native prune picker. You know. Okay. So yeah, born in Southern Cal, and then was basically raised in the Sacramento area. And then at what point in your life did you know that you're going to be pastoring a church? You know, Mark, I knew in the eighth grade that I was called to ministry, and that was when I. I, I knew that, that I began to run from it. In fact, I had some good baseball scholarships out of high school mm. offered. But I still felt I would be too accessible to God. So I joined the Air Force to fool God. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, no. Obviously didn't no, work. I, I wound up going to Turkey for my first permanent base after yeah. becoming a jet engine mechanic. Yeah. I got there, Mark, and there were no jets on the base they assigned me to. Wow. So they assigned me to work with the chaplain. Ah. For 18 months. It there took them go. 18 months to figure out what was wrong. Run, but you can't hide. So I was a Sunday school superintendent and the choir director. And the first Easter I was there, I preached to 700 GIs in Ephesus, one of the seven churches of Asia. Hey, how about Running that? from God, telling God I wasn't going to be in the wow. ministry. Wow. <laughs> how cool is that? That's well. I, I keep telling people, God is smarter than you are. Yes. <laughs> way, way he smarter. Is smarter than you. How cool. I found out he's smarter than me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, at what point did you end up here at First Assembly of God Church? Uh, that was after, you know, and uh, I was pastoring in San Jose. My wife and I were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1994, I got a very severe illness. We were pastoring a very large church there, great church. And um, uh, I went from totally healthy to totally paralyzed hmm. in three days. Wow. Three days, right after the day after Easter. Uh, by the end of that day, by the end of Monday, I couldn't run. By the end of Tuesday, I couldn't walk. And on Wednesday, I was totally paralyzed. Wow. Hospitalized with Guillain-Barre. It just, it was like a wildfire that went through me. Four months I was in the hospital. Hmm. Doctors told me I, I would never um, never be in ministry again and that, uh, that it was, I had a, such a severe case of it. Hmm. But the Lord spoke to me. Well, I'm telling you, if, if uh, it was an incredible moment with me and God promised me that I got sick on Easter and he promised me that the first Sunday of October that same year, I would preach again. Wow. And I told doctors that, and they said, no, you won't. You, you don't need to be worried about preaching. You need to be worried about not dying. Wow. You know, because it, it, it paralyzed everything. I, I could barely speak. Um, nothing worked. I mean, nothing in my body worked. They Did had, that shake your faith or it just— No, no, it strengthened it. Yeah. Yeah, it strengthened it. And um, there were times when I, when I asked God why, I, I, you, you know, and most of the time when we get in situations like that, the better question is what. Mm. And um, But anyway, it, it, I can tell you, long story short, I got out of the hospital, and um, when my wife, they made this wheelchair for me. This, it, I mean, it was built for me. It was mm. a very expensive wheelchair. My wife got the thing, rolled me out in it. We were 75 miles from home. Helped me get in the front seat of the car, folded the chair up, put it in the trunk. We drove home. She got the chair out, helped lift me up, get me in it, and rolled me up to the house. And I'm telling you, there were people praying for me all over the world, Mark. Mm. And I just felt God's presence. And um, I told her, wait a minute. And I was at the front door. I stood up, opened the door, walked in, and never sat in the wheelchair again. Hallelujah. Wow. Never sat in the wheelchair again. And um, I drove myself to the hospital two weeks later to see our regular doctor, who's an agnostic, by the <laughs> way. 
I was sitting on the table when she came in. She says, where's your wheelchair? I jumped off of the table, ran around the room, and before she could catch herself, she said, this is a miracle. Yes, it is. And I told her, I said, well, I've been seeing another doctor. She said, who? <laughs> I pointed up and I said, Dr. Jesus. Yes. And she said, oh, you know I don't believe that. And anyway, she took me to the neurology department and three doctors, none of them believed it was me at first mm. because they said, no, no, the Reverend Clark we were talking about had the serious case of Guillaume and he wouldn't be standing there. When we finally convinced him, that was amazing. The head of neurology, mm. I told him the same thing. I've been seeing another doctor. He said, who? Yeah. I said, Dr. Jesus. Wow. And this is what he said, Mark. He said, you know, Reverend, if you tell me that Jesus did this, there is nothing in my medical books to refute that fact. Because mm-hmm. everything I understand says you shouldn't be standing there right now. Yeah. And he says, so if you say Jesus did it, okay. <laughs> We're just going to believe the report of the Lord. Well, uh, yeah. Healed, yeah. And I turned around to Dr. Wilson, the agnostic, and it was a female. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her, and I said this incredibly deep spiritual theological thing. I looked at her, and I said, nee, 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 nee. <laughs> <laughs> And what does that mean in the original Greek? <laughs> well, that's, that's, it's actually a strengthened form of nee, nee, nee. You know. <laughs> wow. And then we just found out here, just as we were stepping into the studio, that you receive another fantastic report about another wonderful healing. Right, right. Tell my, us. Uh, my son. At the redeemed of the Lord uh, say so. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Your My testimony. son, uh, our, our oldest son, he's actually our third child. We have two girls and two boys, mm-hmm. uh, Stacy, Donise, uh, Robbie, and, and Corey. And uh, Rob had a, a tumor from his knee to his hip, mm-hmm. and he was in California. We actually flew him back here. And um, anyway, he just got back from the doctor today, and uh, the doctor said he is Cancer free. Hallelujah. That would just, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's miraculous. And we're, we're, we're thanking God and praising God for what he's done. There's got to be some people that are listening that have had their faith shaken, not strengthened, such yeah. as, such as uh, your faith was uh, when you went through that time and you received that type of news. And you, you mentioned something just kind of in passing, and I want you to go a little bit deeper, if you may. Um, you said sometimes we don't need to ask why, but what? Yeah. Explain that to someone that's in that place right now. Well, often, often we're so self-centered that we want to know why this is happening mm-hmm. to me. When all the time, I believe there are reasons and purposes that God has for us. Yes. Why, why some people go through things. Why he may change things immediately for somebody else when I have to walk through this entire thing. And it's not a matter, it's not a matter of why is this happening. It's, God, what are you doing? And what can I learn? And how can I grow out of this? Uh, it is a matter of what do you want from me? What is this? What meaning does this have for me rather than why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And uh, too many people fail that. And they throw their, their, they throw their trials and tribulations in the wrong bin when actually God could bring strengthening out of this. Mm-hmm. When I was sick, Mark, I asked I ask the Lord why. And I, after he finished with me, I almost wished I hadn't asked him why. Mm. And it was he, he spoke these things to my heart when I was so – I was at the worst that I was. I mean, the pain of that disease was incredible. And uh, I said, why? And, and why? And then I asked him, okay, if I'm going to die, why aren't we seeing in America what we're seeing in Brazil and in, uh, in Korea and some of the other places around the world? Why is the church in America struggling? And you know what he told me? Hmm. Mark, he told me, he said, the reason is, is because you – me, mm-hmm. talking about me, you don't love me the way that you should. Wow. 
And I said, wait a minute. You know, that's not – I do. I'd die for you. Mm. But then I saw moments in my life where the decisions that I made were more selfish than they were God-centered. And I said, okay, well, all right. I'll I'll learn. He said, no, I'm not done. You don't love your wife the way that you should. I said, oh, come on. I'm the one dying here. Then he showed me times when – and I would die for my wife. I love my wife Mm. passionately. We've been married almost 41 years. Wow. Awesome. But he showed me moments when the decisions I made was not loving her the way that Christ loved the church. Mm. Then he said, you don't love your kids the way that you should. And I said, hold it. That's not. <laughs> and then he said, you don't love my people the way that you should. And I got to tell you, I felt like I was pretty much of a real good example in all of those things. Yeah. And he said, and, but he just, the whole thing was we as a culture, even as a church in America, have a tendency to fall prey to self-centeredness, narcissism. Yes. We're into ourselves and into what can I get out of this mm. instead of what can I give to this, right. you know. And uh, so it was uh, quite a moment for me. You know, I said, okay, you win, I give. I'm never asking you another question, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, wow. So these people that yeah. are going through some stuff right now, they, the, the what is, what it, what lesson is there out of it? Right, what, right. Yeah, what, and what can I learn out of it? How can the, I grow? Yeah. How can God use this, yeah. you know, and teach me, Lord, not not. Not why, Lord. Yeah, praise God. Well, my name is Mark Longoria. You're listening to our featured Church of the Week with Pastor Wayne Clark of First Assembly of God Church here in San Antonio. And um, in the last uh, ten minutes that we've got about the uh, in our time here, Pastor, I want to I want to focus in. I want to kind of transition over to the church. I know this God is doing some amazing things. We've had the honor and the pleasure to be working with First Assembly of God Church on a couple of different uh, occasions, and uh, we continue to do so. But I want you to just kind of share your heart about the vision and what God is doing there so that everyone knows about this great day. Thank you for that opportunity. The first thing is, you know, Mark, I I believe that the church overall, not First Assembly or not First Baptist or or whatever church, Mm -hmm. you know, churches need to understand that we're in this together. Yes. You know, that we are the body of Christ. And uh, I think Francis Schaeffer said, said it best when he said, the world will never be one, W-O-N, until the church is one, O-N-A. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think that, but I believe every local church should have vision and should be aware of what God is doing through them. And that 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 is so important. Uh, first thing is, um, we have a little, uh, <laughs> we say that our church is a mess. Yes. <laughs> M-E-S-S. And, and the MESS, of course, is an acronym. Everything evolves around our weekend services. And I tell you, it's so exciting right now. Our worship now is just igniting. And um, it, it, uh, very seldom do we have Sundays go by where people do not make commitments to Jesus Christ. And that, that to me, is such a healthy indicator Amen. You know, of what God is doing. But uh, the M— in in our is the, the it's kind of our DNA. The mess is our DNA. M is stands for missions. And our church, we give about thirty percent of every dollar that comes in. We invest it into missions outside mm. of our church. We support one hundred and seventeen missionaries at one hundred dollars a month each. Wow. Some of them more than that. We do two, usually two building trips a year where we'll go someplace in the world, and. Um, and build a church, an orphanage, a school, work on something, and uh, getting 
people on the field, uh, especially in third world countries, and letting them experience this. It's just so healthy. So mm. missions is such an important part of our, our church. That the E is our big events, you know, and we got uh, we have Ricardo Sanchez coming. Yes. The last Sunday of March, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be, we're doing a party in the parking lot at mm-hmm. First Assembly. All right. Uh, Ricardo's going to, we're going to set him up out on our front lawn and uh, we're going to put a stage out there right on West Avenue, and uh, the whole world or everybody that drives by is going to see us worshiping God, and we're going to have bouncy castle for kids in the back and give away hot dogs and hamburgers and just love the Lord in front of the world. What time you know? is that going to kick off? Uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock on Sunday, March 25th over yeah. at uh, First Assembly God yeah, Church. So All right. right. Well, that's an event. Yeah. So the the E and the mess is events. Yeah. You know, the first S is our small groups. We have lots of different small groups, discipleship group, home groups, interest groups, all those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. we want everybody to be in a small group. And then the last S is serve. Everybody yes. needs to serve. Come on. So be a part of the mess. Be yeah. involved some way in missions, whether it's giving consistently, going, be involved in missions, help us with our events, be involved in the events, come, be a part, work there, uh, be in a small group of some sort other than Sunday, Sunday church, and yeah. then serve. Find that place and serve the body of Christ and serve others. So that's our mess. All right. Very good. It's a good mess. Yeah, it is a good mess. We love our mess. (laughs) All right. And we tell people, if you'll come, we'll put the why off you at the end of our mess, and you'll make us more messy. More messy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So now on Saturday the 24th, the day before your uh, main event there at the the park, uh, the party at the – what did you call it? The Party Party in the parking lot. Party in the parking lot. On the 24th, Ricardo Sanchez is actually going to be doing a free worship conference. Yes, sir. How did that come about? Well, about we've that. done a number of uh, – a couple of real big worship conferences. Yeah. We have people come from all over the world. Amazingly. We've enjoyed them. Big, big conferences. And Ricardo's been a, a part of all those. Yes. And um, he's coming to uh, lead worship in another church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he called us and said, on Saturday, I would like to do a free concert, of just a free workshop mm-hmm. for people that are involved in worship. Yeah. And uh, he called us and asked us. That's wonderful. So we're providing the facility. We're going to – do everything we can to enable him to make this as good as it can possibly be for people to come. And, uh, you know, I believe in empowering the body of Christ mm-hmm. with every opportunity we can. And, yeah. I, and Ricardo is such an incredible person. Yes, he is. Uh, he's, not the, he's not self-centered. You know, God has given him and his family with a son a, a physical miracle, kind of like ours has been. Mm. So uh, Ricardo's just such a humble guy. Yeah. And, uh, and at the top, you know, of of his game is the way we would put it, but uh, he would never say that. Yeah. You know, but if you're going to learn from somebody, this is a guy. If you want to hear some good stuff about worship and being involved in it, he would be the guy you'd want to hear. Yeah, Ricardo's definitely amazing. I've been there and, and I've heard him at your conferences, uh, Create Worship Conference. He's a, a great speaker. He loves to worship. He has a heart of worship, and he loves to teach yes. people, you know, the right way to worship. And so we're glad that you guys are going to be having them on, here on uh, on Saturday, the 24th of March, for a free worship conference. So anybody from any church, anywhere, anywhere. can come in and take part. And do you know what time it's going to get started? I have no idea. On Saturday. So uh, we can find out more information at right. mychurchisamess.com. Mychurchisamess.com. It'll be on there. All right. So if you want information on the free conference having to do with worship with uh, with speaker Ricardo Sanchez on uh, Saturday, March 24th, and or want to be a part of the uh, party at the parking lot on Sunday, March 25th, all you have to do is go on your website, on the church website, mychurchisamess.com. That's just the way you heard it, mychurchisamess.com. 
All right. Well, thank you, Pastor, uh, for that bit of information. Let's uh, let's talk about Easter. Easter's coming yeah, up here yeah. right around the corner. To what are the big plans going on for that? Oh, two big services, yeah. uh, eleven or nine and eleven, and um, in between every year we do a big egg hunt or candy hunt or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have a gazillion kids. All right. There is more candy and Easter eggs. And How many zeros are in a gazillion? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> all right, I figured. these kids yeah. they they can't they never get it all picked up. There's so much of wow. it, you know. And again, we do, we do that out in our front yard, yeah. just so people can see. Yeah, you know, we want people to see the church, enjoying life, and in having having a good time. You know, our our message is the most serious thing in the world. Yeah, Jesus Christ. He's he's eternal. That's right. The decision to know him and serve him is an eternal decision, and um, that that's very serious. But he didn't tell us we had to have hoof and mouth disease to serve him. Hmm. You know? Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, everyone that is uh, tuned in today to KSLR, we want to encourage you to go out and visit our friends uh, over at uh, First Assembly of God Church, uh, Pastor Wayne. Uh, is the senior pastor there? Get, you know, go out there. Don't don't wait for Easter Sunday. Why don't you go out there this Sunday and uh, go out there and shake his hand and and say thank you so much for uh, for uh, being a part of the community and for being a shepherd uh, here in this community. If you live around the uh, 281 Bitters area, or even if you live across the city and want to go to a nice, healthy church where the Spirit of God is alive and well, we encourage you to uh, go out there and visit uh, First Assembly of God Church. The address. Is uh one three four three five West Avenue. All right, one three four three five West Avenue. West so basically, two eighty one. You take bitters heading west. You correct. Yeah, take bitters heading west, and then and second traffic light is West Avenue. All right, and not too far from that. Turn traffic left light. and go south. Yep. Yeah. All right. Very good. So uh, again, the address is one three four three five West Avenue. That's First Assembly of God Church. If you'd like to give them a call and find out some more information, maybe you don't have the Internet access and you want to find out some more information about the uh, the conference, the worship conference on Saturday, March 24th, or the party in the parking lot on March 25th, you can call uh, area code 210-496-9977. Find out all the information there. If you do have Internet access, again, the address is www.mychurchisamess.com. So we've enjoyed uh, spending these uh, minutes here with uh, Pastor Wayne Clark. Pastor, any closing comments as no, we uh, Mark, close out? Thank you, and thank you to KSLR for your um, what you mean to our community, for uh, the word of South Texas. I love that. Yeah. I just absolutely love it. And thank God for his word, and thank, I'm grateful for what you guys do to propagate that message to our community. Amen. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. All right. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.